The Productive Woman, Episode 291. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about some of my favorite tips from 10 professional organizers I enjoy following. You'll find more information and links to resources and websites in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 291. So we have talked in recent episodes about the challenges of the stay-at-home orders that most of us have been living under for the past few weeks as I'm recording this, including the emotional impact on our productivity of feeling like everything's out of our control. Well, one way to address those emotional impacts is to assert a little control where you can, and organizing your home can help with that. Now, I want to give a caveat to start with here. If your days currently are filled with working from home, caring for small kids or supervising the education of your older kids or both, then file this away for at a later time, because I'm not trying to add to your to-do list in doing this episode. But If you would like a project to fill some of the hours while you're at home, maybe some of these tips will help. I have tried to focus on not only my favorite tips or advice that these particular organizers offer, but ideas to get you going that don't require you to buy any supplies when you can't leave your home or don't have spare funds to to buy materials or supplies or equipment. If you do have some funds and would like a little more inspiration and maybe some more in-depth ideas, you might want to consider ordering one of the books published by some of these professional organizers that I'm going to talk about, or just check out their websites or their YouTube channels to get more information uh, about the things that I mentioned here. As I said, for each of these 10 professional organizers, they are people that I follow, in some cases have followed for years. And I've just picked one, maybe two things that they have taught me that I think are worth sharing. So they offer a lot more information, insight, resources than I'm mentioning here. And you will, in the show notes, find links to their websites. In some cases, they have YouTube channels, and you'll find those links there as well, as well as maybe some information about books and other resources that they've put out. All right, so let's get into it. And these are uh, 10 professional organizers whose material I've read, whose websites or YouTube channels I've followed that I've learned from, and they're in no particular order other than just as they came to my mind as I sat down to list the organizers that I have followed. So the first one on my list is someone you've probably heard of, and that's Marie Kondo. She is the author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, it came out a few years ago and was has been very popular, discussed a lot. She has a special series on Netflix that you can watch to see kind of how she does her stuff. And as I said, I'll put a link 
to her website in the show notes if you want to learn more, if you don't already know about her, if you haven't read the book. It's an interesting read, and I will say I, I don't agree necessarily with everything she says in the book, or, or maybe it's more fair to say that not everything she says in her book or the approach she takes would work for me personally, but there's a lot of food for thought and a lot of great ideas and encouragement in her materials. My favorite thing that I've picked up from her teaching is the way of folding clothes, which makes better use of space and allows you to see everything you have and get to what you need without messing up the whole drawer, for instance. And I can't really describe it in a podcast. I will put a photo or two in the show notes that shows how it looks. So a year or two ago, I don't remember when I did it exactly, I switched over to storing my clothes in my dresser the way that Marie Kondo teaches us. So she, it's kind of a filing system almost. So everything is folded in a certain way, kind of uniformly and, and set up in rows in your drawers so that you can easily see what you have in there and grab the item you need without having to knock over stacks of clothes, which is honestly the way that things were in my dressers before I started using this approach. Uh, so I, as I said, I'll put a photo or two in the show notes that shows how it looks when you fold things the way she does. I recommend it. And you can check out her resources to see more of how to do it. I'll also put a link in the show notes to the tool that I use. I bought it at the container store to fold my, like our t-shirts and things like that so that they come out a uniform size. It is totally not necessary, but I really like this tool and I use it all the time. And reorganizing my clothes drawers to fold things the way that Marie Kondo recommends was really a, a game changer for me in terms of how I store my clothes. The other tip that I have picked up that I really like from Marie Kondo and from others is she talks in her book about the importance of intentionally assigning a place for every single item you own. That is, everything you bring into your house, everything that's already there, everything you're keeping has to have a home, a place where it belongs and that it gets put back into when you're done using it. She says in the book, the reason every item must have a designated place is because the existence of an item without a home multiplies the chances that your space will become cluttered again. And I think that's really true. And you can extrapolate from this one tip to some of the things she talks about in the book is even being thoughtful about the things you purchase. Don't bring something home without thinking, where is this going to go? Where will it belong? And make sure that there's a home for every item you have. So those are my two favorite things from Marie Kondo and the work that she's done. Obviously, as I said, there's much more to her system than just that. But those are two tips to maybe give you some thought uh, thought work to do in terms of maybe spending some time organizing your home. The second professional organizer, and I should say there are lots of professional organizers out there, many whose materials I've read. I decided for this episode to focus only on professional organizers that I follow who are women. And so that's all you're going to hear on this one. Doesn't mean I don't like the work that, that guys do in the organization field, but that's just the, the ones I decided to focus on for this episode. So number one was Marie Kondo. The second one uh, is Alejandra Costello. 
and she has a website and a YouTube channel, Alejandra TV, uh, and she just covers the gamut of things related to home organization, everything from paper to organizing your kitchen to just, you know, everything. And I really like the approach to organizing that she recommends in some of her videos, which is to use a timer and break down those overwhelming organization projects into 15 minute chunks. And we'll talk more about this later because another one of the organizers uh, has a similar suggestion that I really like. But what Alejandra talks about is using this tool, the timer and 15 minute chunks to knock out projects that maybe you've been putting off because they seem too overwhelming. And this is kind of the opposite of the Marie Kondo approach because Marie Kondo is very much, her approach is rather than going room by room or doing a little bit each day, go by types of materials. So clothing and books and, you know, doing it all in one setting, getting, bringing all your clothes, every piece of clothing in your house out lay it on the floor and declutter and organize it from that. And Alejandra recommends this opposite or this tip that I'm talking about is the opposite of that. And so as an example that she gives in one of her videos, she says, if your closet is a disaster, it might be overwhelming to fix it. But if you work on it just a little bit at a time, and she says, give up the idea of perfection. Okay. Then you can get into it. The goal as Alejandra describes it, is not to get the space perfect, but to leave it just a little bit better than you found it after spending 15 minutes on it. And so in her approach, you take a minute or so to identify an area where you want to start, maybe one section or one drawer or one, one cupboard or something, and set the timer you can just use the timer on your phone and then go to work very quickly. So the video that I was watching again earlier today, she's working on a wardrobe where she keeps her clothes and she's going to spend 15 minutes reorganizing that because it's kind of a mess. Everything's just shoved into the shelves and the hanging area. And she's got 15 minutes she's going to spend on it. And so she takes a minute or so and looks at it and decides she's going to start with the area, the hanging area where she has clothes hanging on hangers. And she just wants to get that in a little bit better order. Okay. So she starts her 15 minute timer and she spends the first few minutes just kind of moving things around uh, to be in a little bit more orderly fashion. So she puts all the tank tops together and then all the short sleeve tops and then the long sleeve tops. And is it perfect at that point? No, of course not. There are lots of things and she acknowledges she could do other things. She could pull things out that she's going to get rid of. She could replace the hangers with matching hangers, but she's not going for perfect here. She's going for it being better than it was before. Similarly, if you're going to work on a shelf or a drawer, take everything out very quickly, sort it out so that the like things are piled together, then quickly fold and put the things back in, in a more organized way with the, the items that you use the most frequently toward the front, the things that you don't need as often, or maybe the, the things for the other season at the back of that shelf or drawer. And when the timer goes off, whatever it is you're working on, you can stop. Or, you know, if you feel like you're on a roll, you can set the timer for another 15 minutes and, and tackle another area. 
I will put a link again to a couple of her videos on this in the show notes. It's really worth watching. It doesn't take very long, but you get a better sense of what she does and why she does it. Mainly what I take away from Alejandra's teaching uh, is two things. Using a timer to motivate yourself and kind of put boundaries around what you're doing. You're not going to work forever. You're just, you've got a definite start time, definite stop time. And so you've put those boundaries around what otherwise could be an overwhelming project that could take an inordinate amount of time. So that's the first thing, using a timer to put those boundaries around your task. And the second thing is letting go of the expectation of perfection, Doing these things together, using the timer and allowing yourself to not achieve perfection, they give us permission to start knowing that the commitment is small and that all we're going for is a little bit of progress, not perfection, which may be unattainable anyway. So I love those uh, ideas. I think that's great advice and it's something that I've used in the past and intend to spend some time using in the coming weeks on my home. The third professional organizer that I wanted to talk about, whose ideas I wanted to talk about, is someone I have followed for years. I can't even remember when I found her and bought her first book called Organizing from the Inside Out, or at least it's the first book of hers that I read. And that's Julie Morgenstern. She's a pretty well-known professional organizer, and she's written several books on it. She's got a website that I'll link to. She has a new book Uh, that's just out or just coming out called Time to Parent, Organizing Your Life to Bring Out the Best in Your Child and You. And I thought that looked intriguing. I haven't read that one, but it sounded very intriguing. And if I had kids at home, that's probably one I'd want to pick up and read and see what insights I could glean from it. But the tip of hers or the advice of hers that I wanted to share with you is what in her book, Organizing from the Inside Out, calls Julie's law of visible dramatic results. So if you're wanting to, you know, spend some time organizing your house and you don't want it to take over all your time, apply Julie's law of visible dramatic results. And it has a couple of components to it. But the first piece of that is to attack what's visible first. So to get yourself motivated, to get some immediate results that will keep you going, you start with what's visible, the visible clutter. So instead of starting by organizing cupboards and drawers, start with the clutter you can see, what's on the counters, what's on open shelves or on tabletops. Do that first because you get that immediate reward and the immediate satisfaction of having a space that's cleaned up and organized and looking better than it did before before you go in and and start with, you know, the invisible clutter. The temptation, if we decide to, to reorganize the house or whatever, is to, you know, start with the cupboards or the closets or whatever. But the problem with that is if the, the more visible space is already cluttered and you start by emptying out cupboards to reorganize those, 
you just end up with an even huger mess and that can be kind of overwhelming and you, and, and we can get stuck. So I love this idea of starting with the visible clutter, the clutter you can see. And the second component of Julie's law of visible dramatic results is what she calls quick sort for quick results. So that is when you have decided the area that you're going to reorganize, declutter and reorganize, say it's your kitchen countertops, that you you gather the stuff, it's all in piles, and you go through it very, very quickly. The first pass through is just to move through those piles quickly. All you're doing is just identifying and categorizing. Rather than taking time to decide what to do with each item, you're just identifying what it is and putting it in the things that are similar together. Uh, so rather than taking the time to agonize over what to do with each item, you're just sorting very, very quickly. What she says in the book is if a decision uh, to toss something comes to you easily and many will great, but if not move on. And I would add to that, keep a trash can nearby as you're sorting so that you can easily toss the obvious trash and there, thereby you've reduced the amount of stuff you need to organize. There's more to her law of visible dramatic results, but those two components I think are very helpful in tackling a room or a space in your home that really needs some attention that's kind of gotten disorganized and out of control and maybe is, you know, causing a little anxiety just because every time you walk past it, you think I've got to decide what to do with it. Well, the first step is to start with the visible clutter and then quick sort it for quick results and then go from there. Julie also talks in her materials about what she calls the kindergarten model of organization. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post that she wrote about that. She talks about how kindergarten classrooms are organized, that they're in specific zones for specific kinds of activities and why that can be very, very helpful as an approach to organizing our homes and the value of that. So I'll, I'll share that link in the show notes. Number four is a duo that does work, Clea Shearer and Joanna Teplin, who run a business called The Home Edit. And they have a recently published book by the same name. And they, they've they been pretty popular. I've seen a lot of their work on YouTube and various places, people talking about the work. They work with celebrities and stuff like that. Their book has lots of neat photos in it and ideas. And among the things that they talk about or something that they offer in their materials is like most professional organizers, they recommend purging before organizing. That is going through your belongings, clearing out the things that you no longer need or want, that they're no longer serving a purpose in your house. And to help with that process, they suggest some great questions to ask yourself as you go through items. So maybe you've started with you know, Julie's law of visible dramatic results, and you've chosen an area of visible clutter that you want to get reorganized and cleaned up. And you've gone through that quick sort and pulled things into piles. And now you're ready to uh, decide what to keep and what not to keep. And these questions that Clea and Joanna suggest in their book, I think are helpful. As you look at each item, you can ask yourself, do I need it? And, and I would say the question there is, do I, I mean, do I need it really? <laughs> uh, the second question is, do I ever use it? Third question is, do I ever want to use it? 
Fourth question is, do I like it? And the fifth question is, is it sentimental? And those questions can help you kind of sort through the stuff and kind of get down to the nitty gritty of all the stuff that we accumulate as we're deciding, what am I going to keep and thus organize into my home? What am I going to get rid of? And how am I going to get rid of that? But start with those questions. As you look at an item and you think, do I need this? Well, if I have three more just like it, maybe not. You know, do I ever use it? I have certain things in the house that I had bought with great intentions of using them, but but I don't. Do I ever want to use it? Be honest with yourself there. Do I like it? Is it sentimental? If the answer to all of those is no, then that's, that item is probably a good category for sharing with someone else, you know, passing along, donating to a charity, giving to a friend, uh, something like that. But I think those questions are really helpful. Number five is a previous guest on the show. I will, I forgot to look up what, which episode number she was on, but I will put that link in the show notes. And that's Lisa Woodruff. And she is the founder of Organized 365 and has written a couple of books, I think. she's One in particular that I've been rereading lately is called The Mindset of Organization. She has another book coming out soon called The Paper Solution. So if paper clutter and paper disorganization is an issue for you, you'll want to be watching for that book. She has a lot of great ideas, but the one I wanted to kind of highlight for purposes of this episode is what she calls the Sunday basket. And the idea behind the Sunday basket is having a single place where you put all the papers and the mail and all those things that need attention that come into your life. And you have a specified time each week to go through it and take care of it. You know, most of us have paper all over the place in different rooms of the house and on the kitchen counter and in our purse and our computer bag in the car, you know, all over the place. And we often lose a lot of time looking for the particular piece of paper that we need. Lisa developed this system that starts with gathering all that paper into one place and getting started using the Sunday basket. You start by that first gathering of all the papers. And so in the book, the mindset of organization, she suggests just grabbing a laundry basket and going through the house, your car, your purse, your wherever, gathering all the paper into one place. And then she goes into a discussion of what to do with it and how to set up a time to do it. But the first step is getting it all into literally into one place, into one basket. She says, you know, the first time you do it, you may need a couple of laundry baskets to gather it all in. And so just do that and you will process it eventually. But the first step is gathering it all up. And what she says in the book is that, and I'm quoting here, finding your paper does two things. First, it gets the paper out of all the other rooms of your house. Now, everywhere you go, you're not going to see paper. That that will bring down your stress level and give you some breathing space. Second, when you put all your paper in those laundry baskets, you'll know where to look for things. So thinking about that, you know, I mean, if you've got a couple of laundry baskets full of papers, it may take you some time to dig through it and find the one that you want, but at least you know everything is there and you're not having to go from room to room looking for things. I, you know, this is such a great idea and such a good, uh, good way to, as she says, lower your stress level, um, 
reduce your anxiety and start the process of getting control of that stuff. So thanks to Lisa for that great suggestion. Uh, you will find much, much more about the Sunday basket as she uses it and the process she, she describes on the Organized 365 website, and I will link to that. Number six is Cassandra Arsent, I think is how her name is pronounced. She's known on the internet as the, the clutter bug, and she is the author of a really neat book called Real Life Organizing. Lots of neat stuff in there. I've been enjoying reading that. This is just one. Uh, I I don't know any of these women except Lisa I've interacted with before and uh, uh, maybe one of the others that I'll mention here in a minute. These are just books that I buy because I'm a nerd about stuff like this. And my husband will tell you I have quite a collection of books about organization and decluttering and time management and all that kind of stuff. And Real Life Organizing, Cassandra's book, is one of those books. Lots of great tips in there, but the one that kind of caught my eye as I was thinking about this episode is her suggestion that you establish a habit of spending just 15 minutes a day decluttering and organizing in your home. And now this echoes what um, Alejandra talked about uh, in the tip that I shared with hers, but this is an ongoing thing. So Alejandra's use of the timer and the 15-minute attack really is, we were talking about like a huge project that you need to get started on and make progress on. What Cassandra Arsent, what the clutter bug is talking about in real life organizing is developing this as part of your daily routine to maintain your home as well as to to get it into order. To just find that 15 minutes a day that you're going to spend every day decluttering and organizing. Obviously in 15 minutes you can't do a huge amount, but that 15 minutes every day can add up. You can do maybe one drawer or one shelf. And she recommends to get started, choose the room or the area that will have the biggest impact and spend just 15 minutes each day until you've worked your way through it. This, again, incorporates some of what Julie Morgenstern talks about in attacking what's visible first, finding that visible clutter. So Cassandra is saying, what area, what room, what space in that room will make the biggest immediate difference and start there. Often that's going to be maybe in the kitchen or the main living area. Maybe it's your uh, kind of drop zone where you enter the house each day and things just pile up there. Look around your home, choose the area that makes the most sense to you to start with, and then just commit to spending 15 minutes a day. And maybe that's in the morning before you start work. Maybe it's, you know, at the end of the day before, uh, after you've finished dinner, whatever time works for you, find that 15 minutes. And what Cassandra says is even the most cluttered and dysfunctional homes can be transformed this way. First, everyone can find time for just 15 minutes a day, no matter how busy his or her schedule or how lazy they feel that day. Second, having quick and easy projects means we can actually complete the task we start, giving us a sense of pride and accomplishment and keep the motivation going. And so just um, finding that space and committing to developing that as a habit that will serve you very well going forward, I think is a great idea. 
Number seven is the other person on the list that I've actually spoken to personally and who's been a guest on the show. Uh, and that's Kay Patterson, who's known as the organized soprano on the internet. She was our guest on episode 193. One of her key organizing guidelines is to reduce the number of similar items you own if you aren't actively using all of them. So that can be anything from, you know, how many wooden spoons do you have and do you really need them all to, you know, anything like that. How many towels do you have and which ones are you actually using? Anything in the house that you've got multiples of, think about whether you're actually using all those multiples uh, if not, you might want to consider um, donating them or, or getting rid of some of the duplicates. Another uh, tip of hers that I think is really important is to, to keep things, as you are organizing your home, put things where they can uh, be easily put away. Uh, that as opposed to easy to get them, you want them to be easy to put away. So a lot of people fall into the trap of making the organization systems beautiful and Pinterest ready, Kay says, but they're impractical or inconvenient to actually use. So for example, if you're trying to decide whether to use bins or boxes with tops for a particular kind of thing that you're wanting to organize, consider whether how you use it, when you use it, and whether taking the top on and off will be too much of a hassle for you and you just won't bother putting it back. And not just you, but the other people in your household. You want to make it really easy for people to put things away. And so think about that as you're organizing. Um, that affects a lot of decisions. How much stuff you put in any given area can impact how easy it is to put things away. Because if you've got a drawer that's just crammed full and every time you open it to put something away, you've got to move things around and cram things down to get, get things back in there. You just won't. And so things get piled up. So I love that idea from Kay Patterson. Number eight is Nikki Boyd from At Home with Nikki. And that is her YouTube channel. Uh, she's got a website. She is a professional organizer uh, with her own business, uh, you know, live in person business. But she puts some great videos out on YouTube. I really enjoy watching them. She's uh, and I get some great ideas from her book as well. She's got a book that came out just last year called Beautifully Organized. Her approach, both in the videos and in the book and everything, is very much about combining beauty and function. And so the book has tons of photos in it to inspire ideas for your home. It's just fun to flip through in addition to some good ideas. I like that she has developed a system for going through your home. And in the book, she goes through room by room, applying the same steps to each area that you are trying to organize. And those steps are assess, declutter, clean, then organize, and then finally beautify. And so assessing, um, and, and she expands on, on this approach, obviously, in the book, which I do recommend. I've really enjoyed reading it. Uh, the first step is to assess. Look at the space that you're getting ready to organize and think about for a minute, what is the purpose of this space? How well is it serving that purpose and where could it be improved? So, you know, find the pain points. Um, what What's not working in this space? Where do you get hung up in trying to keep it neat and tidy and beautiful in the way you want to? 
a lot of the professional organizers talk about this sort of thing. And in fact, in one of her blog posts, Kay Patterson, who I was just talking about, says the one thing that may help you get started in your space, if you look around and you're overwhelmed and don't know where to start is to realize that organizing is simply problem solving and nothing more. And I think that's a great perspective. And that's very similar to the kinds of things that Nikki Boyd is talking about in her book and, and in the videos that she does figuring out what's not working, where do things pile up and why do they pile up there and how, what kind of organization is needed to make it work better. So you assess to figure out what's the purpose of this room. How do I want people to feel when they're in this space? How do I want it to work for us as a family? Step two is to declutter. And that's for obvious reasons. It's not very efficient to organize things that you don't need to have anyway. So taking the time to go through your stuff, even if it's just in those 15 minute increments that we were talking about before, but whatever approach you take to go through and purge the things that you don't need, don't love, don't use, that don't add value to your life in some way. Nikki recommends removing those purged items immediately so that they're not around, you're not tempted to pull them back out. So donations go to the donation center, borrowed items get sent back to the person that you borrowed them from, trash goes into the trash can right away. Third step in Nikki's system, after you've assessed you, so you've got a purpose in mind for the space. You've decluttered. You've taken the things out that, that don't belong there. Then you clean the space. So you clean the shelves, the cupboards, the closets, all that sort of stuff. Get it clean and ready before you start putting things back in. And then finally you get to this step four of organizing it. And she has tons of resources about w ideas of ways to approach organizing different types of items. And her fifth step is to beautify. Um, you know, most of us want our home to be beautiful as well as functional. And I think what that means to each of us is different, but you can get ideas from lots of different sources, but take a moment after you've gotten everything organized to do, you know, that little extra thing to make it pretty in whatever way you find things to be pretty. All right. Number nine on my list is Tony Hammersley from A Bowl Full of Lemons, Organized Homekeeping. She has a book that came out, I don't think it's very was very long ago. I think I bought it sometime in the last six months or so. It's called The Complete Book of Home Organization. And she has lots of great tips in the book, uh, and I really enjoyed reading it. But the one I wanted to mention to you is that it's similar to what we talked about earlier with the, the kindergarten classroom. So Tony recommends when you're organizing a room, identify zones within it for use. As she says in the book, no matter how large or small a room is, looking at it as a series of zones is a great way to reduce clutter and maximize a room's functionality. This is true of every room in the house, she says, but since the living room is used for so many different purposes, the zone system is perhaps most important and effective here. So maybe you want to start with your living room or you're ready to reorganize your living room. Tony would say, you know, stand there and think about what do we do in this room and create zones for those different activities. So 
for instance, she suggests considering a reading zone if you where you know a, a comfortable chair and a maybe a bookcase nearby, a table, a good reading lamp, a place to put your cup of coffee, that sort of thing in one area of the room. Um, a media center, a memories and keepsake area, an area for toys and hobbies, and of course, then she says a sitting area. So thinking about each room in terms of what types of activities do we do there and creating a zone for each of those. I've done something similar in my kitchen and lots of the the organizing books that I've read and articles talk about that in the context of the kitchen. So an area, a baking zone where you keep all the supplies and and equipment that you might use for baking and a cleaning zone around the sink and, you know, things like that. And that's just one great approach to organizing the stuff you have in any given room to make it really efficient, effective, and functional. And then don't forget Nikki's suggestion to also find a way to make it beautiful. The last woman on my list, professional organizer that I was uh, wanted to share with you is a woman named Denise Schofield. And she's written several books on different elements of organization. But one of the tips that I got from her that I really like and something I've been thinking about anyway, and and so this is something I'm going to implement here coming up soon. Uh, She's got a book called Kitchen Organization Tips and Secrets. And she recommends that we create and keep an inventory of the food that we have in our fridge, our freezer, our pantry. And so her approach is to take a piece of graph paper and down the left side, list all the items you typically keep in stock. And then for each item, put a check mark in a single box for each of, for the number of boxes in that row for how many you have in stock. Like I think I have two cartons of chicken stock. And so chicken stock would be listed on the left-hand side and I'd put a check mark in two of the boxes in that row and so on. And then, so you go through your refrigerator, you go through your freezer. If you have an extra freezer, like we have an extra refrigerator freezer unit out in our garage where we keep extra kind of backstock frozen and refrigerated items. So make sure you include that, all those things in there and your pantry, all your cupboards, wherever you have food, the things that you most often keep, not the one-off things that you just bought for a special occasion, but the kinds of things that you typically like to keep on hand, list all of those, check off a box for uh, the number of uh, that item you currently have in stock. And then she says, when you use one of them, you put an X mark over one of those checks starting on the right-hand side. So that by doing that, at any moment, you can look at that list and know how many you have of each of these items. So if you keep pound packages of ground beef or packages of chicken breasts in your freezer, as I do, you, you'd have those listed, you'd have a check mark in each, you know, one box for each of those items that you have. When I, if I've got three packages of chicken breasts and I use one today and I use one, you know, three days from now, each time I put an X mark over it, I can look there and say, okay, I only have one package of chicken breasts left. When I go grocery shopping, it's time to pick up some more. By doing that, Um, you have always in mind how much you have of the important 
kitchen items, you know, food items that you need so that you don't run out and you don't buy unnecessary duplicates. She suggests keeping it inside a cupboard door near your refrigerator or your pantry door, somewhere where you can get at it so it's really easy. Maybe, you know, tie a pen on a string near it so you can quickly check off as you use an item. You can make this reusable by laminating it or just putting it in a clear report cover and then using a fine point dry erase marker to you know, X mark things off as you use them. Be sure to train any family members who are old enough to be cooking or taking things out of the pantry or freezer to do this as well. And then when you sit down to make your grocery list, you can pull that out, look at it, see what you need and make sure that you're not buying more than you need of things. So anyway, those are ideas from 10 of the women who are professional organizers that I've enjoyed following and learning from. I thought they were helpful. I hope maybe there's something in there that's new to you or a reminder of something that you knew that you might want to put into practice. But what do you think? What is your best organizing tip for your household or your biggest organizing challenge that you'd love some feedback from other members of the community on how to, to address it? I'd love to hear from you. You can share your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 291 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a woman who listens to this podcast, I hope you are also a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. That is a private Facebook group only for women who listen to this podcast. We have lots of great conversations in there. In fact, this weekend, as I'm recording this, just yesterday, we had a uh, Zoom chat with the, where I just kind of set up a, a Zoom room in the, the app Zoom, the video conferencing app Zoom, where anybody who wanted to could pop in to just say hi and check in with how everybody's doing during these challenging times. And we had some great conversations in there about um, staying productive during this crisis and um, just some great encouragement and, and advice and support offered to each other. And that's the sort of thing that happens in the productive woman community. So feel free to join us there. If you'd rather share your thoughts with me about this episode or anything else for that matter, privately, uh, you can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to me at feedback at the productive woman.com. Before we go, I want to say a special thank you to a few community members who've recently left uh, helpful and kind reviews of the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or various places. Uh, Marina from the United States says, I love listening to the tips, tricks, and tools from this podcast. I love listening to women share how they make the most out of their time. Aside from learning a lot from other businesses, I get to apply many to my own, plus it keeps me entertained. So thank you, Marina. That's uh, encouraging to hear. Uh, Kako Khan from the United States uh, recently said... <laughs> very kind words. She says, Laura is an amazing podcaster with endless amounts of information to share. She's approachable and very present and easy to reach in person. She really cares about her listener. It's clear and it's very much a role model for me. Thanks, Laura. And please keep the great work coming. Well, thank you. Um, I, you know, obviously I don't know who Kako Khan is, but I sure appreciate the kind words. I, I really do care about 
my listeners. I, I consider us a community and am very grateful for everyone who does listen to this podcast. Megan ML, also from the United States, says, I've been listening to the Productive Woman podcast for several years now. I think this is a podcast that would benefit any woman, regardless of career or age. Laura openly shares both personal and career struggles, which are more often than not the very same things I struggle with, and offers solutions. Laura is a podcast host that truly cares about the success of her listeners. I recommend this to everyone I can. Well, thank you, Megan ML. Um, I don't know what to say. I appreciate it so much. I, I, I do appreciate you. I hope you're doing well during this difficult time. I keep hoping that by the time you are hearing these episodes, um, things will have gotten better. But if you're still struggling, if you're still, if we're still in lockdown and you need someone to talk to, please join us in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. And um, you'll find support and encouragement there from women who do care. Or email me directly at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of answers for how we go through this together, how, how we go through this difficult time, but I know the way we get through it is together. And if there's anything I can do to help, I I hope you'll reach out to me and uh, let me do what I can. So that's it for this episode of the productive woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile and that you found something in it, some little idea that maybe you can put into practice in your own life this week. I do look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, please extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.